Welcome to Woodlands Church. We're so glad that you're connecting with us online. And uh, if you don't know, I'm Pastor Kerry, and I am up here with a tandem bike, a bicycle built for two, because it's the best way I know how to illustrate this message today about how to catch the changing paths that are in our way and go down the right path, how to really change directions to go down the path that God has for us in very confusing times. We are concluding the little mini-series we've been in that we're calling Change Up. It's all about taking unexpected changes that come into our lives and turning them into next-level opportunities. And so it's gonna be a powerful message. And so I'm so glad you're connecting with us online. We're gonna learn how to ride a tandem bike together. How about that? And we are gonna have next weekend, Homecoming Weekend, Homecoming 2020 on May 30th and 31st. We're returning to gather as a church and we are gonna try to make it as safe and as sanitized as possible. And we've got a lot of things that we're gonna be doing with it that are gonna make a huge difference. But it's the beginning of coming back to church. It'll look a little different, but we're getting started. And I think it's really important. But the main thing is that you connect with us, whether it's, here at the campuses or online, connect with us. And that's what you're doing right now. And it is gonna be a powerful Memorial Day weekend service. And Monday is Memorial Day. And it's a time that we remember those that have given the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have freedom to worship. There are so many in our nation's history that have laid down their life so that we could have freedom, so that we could have life. And so uh, we just want to say at Woodland Church, we are so grateful for all of you who serve in our armed forces, whether it's the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard, or the Reserves. Uh, we, you are heroes to us, and we praise God for you. There are a lot of heroes out there that people haven't noticed before, like the medical professionals, doctors, nurses, and, and just the everyday people who are doing the custodial work in hospitals or, or, or helping us keep food on the table. But we wanna recognize those heroes that have given their life so that we can have our freedoms this weekend. So I want us to stop and just pray. And on Monday, hopefully, you're starting to gather again with maybe a few more people and you're having social distancing, but you're starting to gather again and you're gonna cook some burgers and uh, you're gonna just hang out in the backyard and enjoy life a little bit as you're doing that, remember that freedom isn't free and it always costs and there are those who've given the ultimate sacrifice to purchase our freedom, our freedom to worship, our freedom in this country. So let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us and Lord, we thank you that you gave your life and you paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have freedom from our sins. And Lord, I thank you that we can experience freedom in you, but Lord, we could never have freedom in this nation and freedom to worship without so many men and women sacrificing and paying the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have that freedom. So we just pray that as we remember them, Lord, that we would live in a way that would honor them. And I pray also, Lord, for all those who are serving in our armed forces to protect us even now, that you would just watch over them and bless them and strengthen them. We thank you for our freedoms, Lord. And we thank you most of all for our freedom in you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Woodland Church, I'm gonna be coming back to you in just a moment. We're gonna find out what this tandem bike is, and we're gonna do a little change 
up. Because every time God allows change into your life, even the most painful changes, he always ultimately intends it to be a change up to the next level. A change not to make you bitter, but to make you ultimately better. And that's what God wants to do. And so we're gonna look at a change of direction in just a moment, but it's time for us to sing. So we're gonna go to the chapel with Woodland's worship team in the chapel singing praises to God and lifting him up and thanking him that because of Christ's death on the cross, all our sins are gone. Let's sing together. I have up here a tandem bike and I have it up here because it's really a good metaphor for life. In fact, I'll roll it right out here. You see, really life is a bicycle built for two. That's the way it should be because you were designed to have God in your life. Now, a lot of people don't realize that their life is a bicycle built for two. They think their life is a bicycle built for one. And so they're driving their life. They're calling the shots. They choose what direction they go in life, what trail they take. And they don't even realize that it's not supposed to be that way, that really life is a bicycle built for two, but they don't want God involved in their life. They don't realize what life could be like with God in their life. And so they're just pedaling up hills, trying to make it in and of their own strength. They have to go through the valleys of life without God's comfort. They have to make decisions without God's wisdom. They just live their life as if God doesn't exist. And they don't realize that their life was built to have God in it. Uh, but then there are some people, Christ followers, who they want God in their life. Uh, they invite God in their life. They know that they need God in their life. And they want God to answer their prayers. Uh, they want God to give them provision. They want God to meet their needs. And so they want God to be involved in their life. But they're driving. And so they're in the front seat and God is sort of in the back seat and they're trying to drive their life. Uh, they decide what turns they're going to make. They decide what trails to go down. But God is in their life and he's pedaling. And so they're glad that God is in their life and he's in the back seat and they look at the Christian life sort of like God is in the back seat, they're in the front seat and God is there whispering some advice to you and you can decide whether you wanna follow it or not. But you're in control of your life and you're making the decisions in your life and yeah, God's there and it's great and fine and everything but he's just making some suggestions to you. And that's the way they think of the Christian life and they've got it completely wrong because whenever you take the handlebars and you start steering your life and you start calling the shots, you start making the decisions and you start deciding what direction you're gonna go down in life, eventually you're gonna hit some rocky roads. Eventually you're gonna come to some really difficult places. Eventually you're gonna crash and burn and maybe you've hit a dead end in your business. Or maybe you've hit an unexpected roadblock in your health. Or maybe you have been on this really smooth road and now the road is really rocky. 
in one of your closest relationships and all of a sudden you realize you've been going the wrong direction. Or you realize, hey, I thought I was going the right direction, but now with these circumstances, with the winds of change, I've been blown off track or I've just come to a dead end and everything has to stop. And you realize that you need to change directions because really you have no other choice. You realize you've come to this place in the road where you've got to change directions because there's no place else for the trail to go. All of a sudden, that unexpected change has hit and it's blocked the trail. And you can no longer see a clear path. So you know that you've got to change directions, but what you may not realize is to have a real change of direction. What you need most is a change of drivers. You need to change up. You need to change up the seating arrangement on the tandem bike of your life because God wants to be in the front seat. And that's the only way that it really works. You cannot have a true change of direction and catch the trails of change to take you to new levels without a change in drivers. God has to be in the driver's seat. Now, I have to say that when God is in the driver's seat, God wants to be in the driver's seat of your life. And when God is in the driver's seat, there will be times when you come to dead ends. There will be times that he will take you on rocky trails that you feel like you'll never be able to get through. There'll be unexpected twists and turns. There'll be times when you think you're about to go off the cliff. Uh, There'll be dead ends. There'll be problems. There will be pain and difficulties. But when God is the driver, he's not surprised by anything. When you're the driver, I mean, you're surprised. You you didn't know that we were going to get hit with this COVID-19 crisis. When you're in the back seat and God's in the front seat, you don't know these unexpected changes that are going to hit and how the trail is going to turn or how you're going to come to a dead end. But God is not surprised. He knows. And so sometimes God does bring us to a dead end. Sometimes God does take us to a place where it looks like the trail ends And God takes us to a place where there has to be a change of direction. But whenever you allow God to drive, when you come to one of those places, when you come to a dead end, it's always so that he can take you to your destiny. Whenever it looks like a setback, it's always really so that God can take you forward and get you over a barrier. It's kind of like this bike. If this was one of those Uh, bikes that you could jump things with and all the X games, you know, the bikers that do that and they jump over things, do tricks and all kinds of crazy stuff. You have to go backwards to get momentum to go forwards to make a jump over a barrier. We talked about that last weekend. And so you'd have to go backwards in order to make a move forward. And sometimes God has to take us backwards, even when he's driving, so that we can make a move forward and get over a barrier that we can never get over without God's power and God's strength. And so God knows sometimes you gotta change down in order to have a change up. It's just really hard to see at the time what God is up to, but we have to let God be in the driver's seat because when he's in the driver's seat, he promises us he'll take us to our destiny. Now we're concluding this little mini series that we're in that I'm calling Change Up. It's all about turning these unexpected changes into next level opportunities. And we said last week that we, Normally look at change as either good change or bad change. A change up or a change down. A change backward or a change forward. But that's not the way it is when God is driving. 
Every change that's unexpected to you that comes into your life, God's not surprised by. And every change that comes into your life when God is driving, it's always his purpose to use that change and turn it into a change up. Even if it's a change down at the time. Even if it's a change backwards at the time. Even if it's a change that takes you to a dead end. It's always God using the dead end to take you to your destiny. And so what I want us to look at this weekend is a really important message that's all about how do I let God be the driver? Because most people get run over by change. I think a lot of Christ followers get run over by change. They resist change. They resent change. They try to stop change, but they don't understand that if God is in the driver's seat, that you have someone who never changes, who's right there that you can count on. And he's the one that wants you to catch the winds of change and go to the next level. You see, as children of God, we ought to be the first ones to catch the winds of change, to go to the next level in our lives. Instead of sitting in a dead end, staying at a dead end and saying, looks like it's all over, nothing to do, and resenting the change, and going, why did this have to happen? God wants us to catch the winds of change and to go down a new path that he's provided for us. And God will open that path and open that door. And so what I want us to look at is to be able to change directions when change hits and go down the right path that requires a change of drivers. Christ has to be in the driver's seat. And I wanna start with three Bible passages where Jesus is calling four of his 12 disciples and he's asking them to let him be the driver of their tandem bike. In Matthew chapter four, verse 18, it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And then in Matthew 9, 9, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. And in John 1, 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Right there, we see the two words that are, are the secret to really staying connected to God, letting him be the driver and changing directions in our life so we can go to new levels. When change hits that's unexpected and destructive, even the truly bad changes that are so painful that God doesn't cause but he allows, God can take even those changes and use them is a change up to make us not bitter, but better in our character, in our relationships, and in our lives. And so I want us to pray right now that God in the next few moments, I want to be brief, but just in the next few moments, that God will really speak to us from this and that everything will change as we catch the winds of change. Dear God, I thank you so much for your love for us. And Lord, I thank you that we were never meant to live life alone that our lives are a bicycle built for two and you're to be the driver. So I pray for the next few moments you would help us really practically learn how to allow you to be the driver of our lives so that you can take us to the next level and that we won't get stagnated by change, that we won't get stuck, Lord, in the past, but we will follow your new trail that you have for us to take us to new levels. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. During this coronavirus crisis, we all want direction. 
Uh, well, I want to give you some direction. Jesus says here three times, follow me, follow me, follow me. That's what Jesus always did when he called his disciples. He said, follow me, follow me. What is it to be a Christ follower? You follow Jesus. He just said, follow me. And during this coronavirus crisis, we've all been hit with unexpected changes that have left us at dead ends. And everything going forward seems so confusing because there's so many mixed messages out there. I mean, one day the experts say do this, the next day they say don't do that, then they say do this but don't do that, and then they change it the next day, and, and you just don't know who to listen to, and it's really hard to know which direction you should go when it seems that things change almost every day on a constant basis. And it just seems like everything's constantly changing. And it's really hard to know what to do. It's really confusing. As Chris and I were praying about when do we return to church, you know, on this limited basis. And as the progression is slower and, and getting back to church and how do we make it as safe as possible and what do we do, you know, it's like you listen to all kinds of voices out there, all kinds of experts, and it's just really confusing. It's just really confusing. And, and the other day, it just hit me. I just felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Carrie, what everyone wants is for someone to tell them the perfect solution to this crisis. Everyone is looking for a savior, a leader, to tell them the perfect solution to the crisis, to tell them how they can have, they can be so safe that there's a 0% chance that they'll get the virus and how their business can really grow by leaps and bounds greater than ever before, and how the economy can just roll and be the best economy ever while we're totally safe and never get sick. That's what people are looking for, really. I mean, that's what people want. It's like it's just someone to give me a perfect answer to this crisis, give me a perfect solution to this crisis. And nobody can do that. You see, we want it all to work out. We want that perfect answer, but there are no perfect answers. So we look for perfect answers, and when we can't find one in our polarized nation, then we do what we do on most issues. We divide up in our political camps, left and right, right and left, just trying to make sense of what's going on. We immediately just go to those divisions, those political camps of right and left, conservative and liberal, and, and then we blame each other. Each side blames the other for everything. But folks, I want you to know, not everything has a political answer. Not everything has a political answer. This crisis does not have a political answer. I mean, I'm not saying that our political leaders and our experts in medicine and in business aren't important. They're very important. We need to pray for them. I'm not saying they're not important, but I'm just saying that there's no political answer to this crisis. There's only a divine answer. And that comes in following Jesus. There's only a divine answer. And by the way, the scripture says that God is not the author of confusion. God wants to bring clarity in a crisis. But the only way I can ever find any clarity is, is to follow Jesus. You see, in the middle of all this confusion, Jesus stands up today and he says two simple, profound words that cut through all the confusion, 
that cut through all the politics, that cut through all the anxiety and all the fear. He says two words, follow me. And that's what I've come to. It's like, Lord, show me what you want us to do because I don't know and I need you. I think it's really important to listen to the experts and get as much information as you can get and, and to really seek to follow the authorities that God has raised up in government and all those things. I think that's so important and biblical. I think it's so important to get all the information you can, but I'm just telling you, there's no perfect solution in this. There's no perfect answer, there's only a perfect one, and that's Jesus Christ. And there is no human being that is a savior there's only one Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says, I'll tell you what, I will tell you what you're supposed to do if you will follow me. In fact, all you gotta do is follow me and you'll be right where I want you to be. And so that's what Chris and I have come to. It's like, God, we wanna follow you. That's what we want. And, you know, I get confused. We get confused, but we pray and wanna follow him with all our hearts. You see, those two words, follow me, are the secret to making wise decisions in confusing and changing times. When you're filled with confusion, Jesus says, follow me. When you're filled with anxiety, Jesus says, follow me. When you don't know who to trust, Jesus says, follow me. When you don't know what direction to turn, Jesus says, follow me. It all comes down to those two simple words, follow me. Well, how do I follow Christ? Then I wanna know how do I do it? If those are, if that's what I'm to do and that's all that I have to do is follow him, how do I do that? Well, first, Jesus has to be in front of me if I'm gonna follow him. You can't follow Jesus when you're in front of him. <laughs> That's just a, a simple truth right there. And so he's gotta be in the front seat or you can't follow him. Secondly, you can't follow him if you let him get on ahead of you and out of sight and you don't move and follow him. You can't follow him if you move ahead of him and you keep going and you don't wait for him and his plan. So how do you follow him? what Jesus told us in John chapter 15. And so we're gonna do a little study of John chapter 15 because Jesus made it really clear and really practical how we are to follow him. And it's all about staying connected to him. And that's why I love the tandem bike illustration because this bike is connected. And if Christ is in the front seat and you're in the back seat, you're connected and you're gonna follow him because you're allowing him to drive your life. You're gonna follow him. You can't get disconnected from him if you're allowing him to be in the driver's seat of your life. But too many times I want him to trade places and he'll let you. Did you know that? If you're a Christ follower, Christ will let you push him to the back of your life. He'll let you take the handlebars. He'll let you start steering your life. He'll let you feel what it's like to try to be the general manager of the universe and control everything and solve every problem. And you'll be worn out or you'll crash and burn, or you'll come to a dead end and won't know what to do. It's like, God, okay, I, I, I'm sorry, that was dumb. I need to let you have that seat again. See, the only way I can follow him is if he is in the front seat in control of my life. But I want us to read John 15, verses five through eight. Do a little study of this passage because Jesus tells us real clearly how I stay connected to Christ in changing times. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you, not, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus used the vineyard to illustrate what it means to stay connected to him, to follow him. Now first, I want you to see that there's great news here because God wants you to be fruitful and effective and productive in your life, even in changing times. God says, my goal for you is that you bear much fruit, I mean real fruit that makes a difference, that lasts. To do things with your life that are so effective and productive, they last long after you're gone, they last into eternity. And so I'm gonna get really practical and share with you four brief things that we do practically to stay connected to him, to let him be in the front seat of our tandem bike. First, I need a constant surrender to the power of Christ. In John 15, five, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus was probably teaching this outside next to a vineyard. So he had a perfect illustration. He didn't have a tandem bike up here with him. He was outside teaching it. Probably there were two or three vineyards right around that he could point to. And everyone in that area knew a lot about vineyards. They knew about growing grapes. They understood it. And so they would have understood when Jesus said that I am the vine, they would have known what that meant. They would have known that the vine in a vineyard is the source of life, the source of all the fruit, the source of all the productivity, the source of all the energy in the vineyard. And so Jesus said, I am the source of all the productivity, the source of life. I am the source of effectiveness and fruitfulness. And they would have all understood that. See, the vine produces all the results in the vineyard. And then Jesus said that you are the branches. He said, you and I, if you're Christ follower, are the branches. Now, the branches in the vineyard are weak and useless. The branches bear the fruit, the branches hold the fruit, but the branches don't produce the fruit. They're not the ones that produce life. They don't produce the energy and the life. They just get to bear the fruit and hold the fruit, but they don't produce the results. The vine is the source of all the production of all the fruit. Now the branch is only good for bearing or burning. It's just good for bearing or burning. I mean, because in the vineyard, there are times when branches will fall off. Uh, but the, the, um, all the farmers collecting the grapes and all the people working in the vineyard don't worry about that. You, you see, if there's several branches that have fallen off of the vine, it's no big deal. It happens all the time. They just gather up the branches that are no longer connected to the vine and they take them outside the vineyard and burn them. Because branches are only good for bearing or burning, so they're not concerned if they lose a few branches. It's the vine that's the source of life. It's the vine that they need desperately or they're not gonna get the grapes to produce the wine in the vineyard. And so Christ is saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. There's an amazing truth here that's so simple but so profound, and it's this. It's not up to you to produce the fruit and the results in your life. It's not up to you to produce the fruit, the productivity, the results, and the effectiveness in your life. That's Christ's job. He's the vine. All I have to do is stay connected to him as the branch, and I will produce fruit. All I have to do is remember I'm the branch, and if I just stay connected to him, then I'll produce, he'll produce the results in my life. 
See, the great thing is I get to bear fruit. I get to be fruitful. I get to be effective. I get to be productive. I get to have peace. I get to have strength. But I don't create that. God does. I just have to stay connected to him. And so whenever I start feeling stressed out, whenever I start feeling anxious, when it feels like everything in my life is spinning out of control and I'm just trying to hold it all together, it's usually because I've forgotten my role. I'm switching places with Jesus. I'm thinking that I'm the vine, that I'm the source of all productivity and all the results in my life. And I'm the one who's got to do this. And if I don't, the world's gonna fall apart. And I've got to make this right decision. I've got to do this thing right. I've got to accomplish this. And what I'm doing is I'm really switching places with Jesus. And I'm trying to take over and it wears me out. Whenever I start feeling anxious and worried and overwhelmed, especially during these times of constant change, it's always a warning light that goes off in my heart that says, you're trying to take the handlebars away from God. You're trying to take the handlebars away from Christ because he is the vine. I'm just the branch. I don't have to produce the results of my life. I just have to stay connected to him. Sit in the back seat, stay connected to him. Depend on him. So how do I do that? How do I practically stay connected to him? When you stop trying to be the vine, man, there's such a freedom in that. When you stop trying to produce all the results in your life and you realize only God can do that, only God can change one life, only God can make me effective, only God can give me the strength and the peace I need, only God can give me the wisdom I need, there's such a freedom in that that it's not up to me, all I have to do is stay connected to him. And he's gonna produce all those things in my life. But if I disconnect from him, and try to fix everything on my own, try to solve all the problems, make everything, quote, perfect, I'm gonna be stressed, and it's never gonna work. Hey, this tandem bike that you see right here is a gift that Chris gave me uh, on Christmas uh, several years ago because she'd always wanted a tandem bike. From the first day we got married, I remember her saying that, hey, wouldn't it be great to have a tandem bike one day? Where we're riding on our tandem bike and riding through the neighborhood, it'll just be so romantic. Well, we don't ride this very much because it's not that romantic when you're riding a tandem bike. It's pretty hard to drive, and during the heat of Houston, we just haven't used it that much because I don't find it that romantic, but she's always romanticized about a tandem bike and how wonderful it would be. Finally, she gave me this tandem bike on Christmas a few years ago, but I discovered why she's always wanted a tandem bike because right away she said, okay, Carrie, this is my seat and this is your seat. I'll sit here and you sit there. And I thought, well, that's probably good. The heavier person's probably supposed to sit in the back, so that's probably good. And, and the seats are just the same. They look just the same. The handlebars look pretty much the same. The pedals look pretty much the same. So that's a pretty even deal, right? Until I sat back here and I realized that these handlebars don't move. These handlebars do move. And that means that she gets to choose what direction we get to go. It means that I don't get to choose any direction. In fact, why do they even have these handlebars? I guess it's so that I won't fall off. I mean, it feels kind of like you're at an amusement park as a kid driving one of those cars, you know, where you just do the wheel back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but really it doesn't matter. It's just on a track. That's kind of what I do back here, you know. I just hold on. It can't do anything. It can't steer. So she gets to choose 100% of the trails, the paths, the roads that we go on. And then I noticed something else, that the brakes, 
There's the back brake here. There's the front brake here. And then you count, there's only two tires. So that means she has 100% control when it comes to stopping and starting. And so Chris has all the control over the direction we go and when we stop and start. So she's in total control. And what's my job? I just stay back here and pedal. That's it. And by the way, she has a really cool LED light. And what did I get? A little bell. I don't know what that's for or what that does. But it's pretty lame. And so I finally figured out why she wanted a tandem bike because she's in total control. I'm just back here pedaling. But think about it for a moment, folks. That's the way it works with Christ. He is the vine. He is the driver. He produces all the fruit. And so to let him, to stay connected to him, you've got to let him be in the front seat. And he gets to choose all the directions that you go in life. You seek him. You stay connected to him. He gets to choose when you stop and when you start. He's in full control. So you surrender to his power. It's a constant surrender because I can tell you several times a day, I move from the back seat to the front seat. And he will just step aside. The God of the universe just steps aside and goes, okay, I'll be in the back seat if you want me to. And then the pain hits because it's a struggle. And I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. I remember, what am I doing, God? I'm trying to control my life again. I need to go to the back seat, and would you please forgive me for doing that? And would you go to the front seat, and would you drive? I want to stay connected to you because I need you. I can't, I can't have peace, wisdom, strength, productivity, anything without you being the driver of my life. And so then I get back, and it's a relief. Surrendering to Christ's power is such a relief because that's the way you were made to operate. Your life is a bicycle built for two, but you were made to sit in the back seat where all you have to do is pedal, and even that he gives you the strength to do. All you have to do is stay connected to him, and he will take you where you need to go. And what a relief as you just trust him, especially in confusing times and things that you can't control. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, but if we confess our sins to him, he can be depended on to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. And it is perfectly proper for God to do this for us because Christ died to wash away our sins. And so whenever I knock Christ out of the front seat and move to the front seat, I have to go, God, I'm sorry. That, I'm trying to be the driver. I'm trying to play God. I can't do that. That's not my job. That's not my role. I'm trying to be the vine and produce all the results in my life. I can't do that. I give up, forgive me. And he cleanses me and joyfully gets back in the front seat. And I can joyfully surrender. Have you come to that place of surrender during this crisis? If you're a Christ follower, you gotta get to that place. It's like, God, I'm trying, I don't know what to do, everything's so confusing, but I just surrender to you. I want what you want, I don't know what to do, but I just wanna sit in the back seat and let you drive. I'll work hard, I'll do all that you call me to do, but I, I want you to direct my life. I need your wisdom and your strength and your peace. And I know you're the one who's gonna be productive in my life. But then there's a second thing, and that's a step-by-step obedience to the love of Christ. And so I wanna constantly surrender to let Christ be in the driver's seat, but then I just take steps of obedience, one step at a time. When you're in a confusing time and things are always changing, all you can do is take one step at a time, one step at a time in obedience. In John 15, nine, it says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. 
So you stay connected to his loving guidance through obeying him. Even when you don't understand it completely, obeying him. Like, you know, God calls us to spend time daily with him in his word, whether I feel like it or not. I'm to give him the first part of my day because he comes first. And if I don't do that, then I'm disobeying. And it's not that he wants to cause pain in my life. It's just he knows that life works so much better when I'm connected to him. And so it's not about how I feel. It's about putting him first, whether I feel it or not, obeying him. And God's called me to tithe, to put him first in my finances. You know, whether I feel it or not, whether times are uncertain or not. And so when I obey him and take the next step of obedience, whether it makes sense or not, whether I feel it or not, whether the circumstances look right for it or not, I stay connected to him through obedience. Sometimes when Christ is leading you, though, he leads you to a dead end, a road that gets really rocky and it doesn't make sense. But he says, just keep following me. Stay connected to me. I've still got a plan. In John 15, one and two, he says, I am the true vine and my father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. The most important process in the vineyard is the pruning process. Uh, vineyards train pruners several years before they let them loose on the vines because they know that it's a science that a really good pruner knows when to cut, where to cut, just how much to cut, what angle to cut the branch at so that the branch can be more fruitful. Now, your heavenly father is the pruner, Jesus said. And there are times when God prunes some things out of my life so I'll be more productive. And there are really painful pruning that goes on at times, really painful pruning where he cuts back things in your life and it looks like a backwards move. It looks like you've lost something that is so good, but he's pruning because he's preparing you for even more productivity in your life. And pruning has to take place before productivity can take place. And sometimes it's a change back before it's a change forward, a change down before it's a change up. And it's just that you're going through the pruning process. But your heavenly father knows when to cut, how much to cut, where to cut, and what angle to cut so that you can be even more productive and fruitful and effective in your life. So important to understand because some of you right now, you're just going through the pruning process. You know, you've been allowing God to be in the driver's seat. You've been obeying him. You've been surrendering to him. He's, he's in the driver's seat of your life and you've come to a dead end. And it looks like that all your gains have been lost. It looks like that all those things that have moved you forward where he's taken you, it looks like those things have fallen apart and it doesn't make any sense at the time. I'll tell you what's happening. You're in the pruning process. You better get ready for some fruit to be produced in your life. You better get ready for a harvest. I'm telling you, you're going through the pruning process. And whenever God allows pruning in one of his children's lives, it's always because he wants to make you more fruitful, more productive, more effective for his kingdom, for his glory. And you're going through the pruning process and it's painful. It doesn't make sense at the time. But God takes us to that pruning process over and over again so he can take us to the next level. And in that pruning process, it hurts. It makes no sense. It's like, God, that was something really good. Why did you take that out of my life? Why did you cut that out of my life? And, and God says, I have something better that I'm gonna take you to. God always prunes us for greater 
productivity. So if you're in the pruning process, you better prepare for productivity. Prepare for the harvest that's coming. So you stay connected just one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. And then thirdly, you need a daily encounter with the presence of Christ. The key to taking that one step at a time is stay connected to Christ every day. Spend some time with God. In John 15, 15, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus said, you can spend time with me because I want to tell you everything. And I want you to learn from me. I I want to tell you what to do in your life. I want to clear up the confusion in changing times. All you have to do is just stay connected to me. Just spend some time with me. Are you spending some time in prayer with God? each day, 10, 15 minutes, reading his word, praying to him, connecting with him, just giving him your day, and thinking about him during the day and praying with him and praying to him. In Mark 1.35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So if even our Lord and Savior needed that time every day to pray and to get alone and to connect with God, and a lot of times we don't do that because we're just too busy. That's because we think we're in the front seat. We don't do that because we got important things to do because we think we're in the front seat. And we need to switch seats and have a change of drivers. And we need prayer more than ever today. And that's why as we prepare to return in our homecoming next weekend, Uh, we're gonna do something really special and really powerful we've never done before. We're gonna have three nights of revival online, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. We're calling it Light the Fire. Three nights of revival and prayer where we're gonna learn to light the fire of passion with God's power. We're gonna let God light the fire of passion in our lives, light the fire of prayer, light the fire of his power in our lives, light the fire of productivity in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, In our businesses, we want God to light his fire in us. And it means that we need to acknowledge we need him. We need to pray more than ever. But we get so distracted. And so Wednesday night at 7 p.m., Thursday night at 7 p.m., and Friday at 7 p.m., I'm gonna be coming to you in church online, and I'm gonna be teaching you, and we're gonna be praising God, and we're gonna be praying. And so I hope that you'll connect with us to prepare your heart for what God wants to do because he wants to light a fire in our lives during this time to light up this world. We need prayer more than ever as we prepare to regather in homecoming 2020. Look at Hebrews, or 1 John 15, 17 says, love each other. This is what I'm commanding you to do. And that brings us to the fourth thing, a weekly gathering with the body of Christ. To stay connected to Christ, you also need to stay connected to his body. You need to love each other, have compassion for each other, and that's what we've been doing is we've been in our ministries and missions, we've been asking, what does love look like today? And that's why we've been feeding people, and that's why we've been meeting needs and doing our blood drives and and meeting people's needs who are hurting financially and relationally and emotionally. And it's been amazing what God has done through you, Woodlands Church, and we're just getting started with love and compassion for each other. But in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. And so he's saying, don't neglect the habit of connecting with the body of Christ. You can't follow Christ and stay connected with Christ unless you stay connected to his body. And so 
And I think it's fine to stay connected online. I think it's just a little more tempting to not be connected. But more people are connecting online than ever before. It's amazing what God is doing. And so we're going to keep doing these online services and, and to just keep reaching more and more and more and more people. But we're also going to be coming back and regathering. It's going to look different at first. It's going to be a little slow as we spread people out to have enough room for social distancing. But we're going to do things in love. We believe it's so important for the church to start regathering. But if you don't feel comfortable coming to regather, you can still follow this command to not forsake the meeting together of believers and meet once a week. You can connect with us online like you're doing right now. And that's great, you ought to get your family around you or maybe a few friends around you and make it a priority to connect. Connect or come here to the buildings. And RSVP, let us know you'll be coming next weekend because it's really important that we gather each and every week, that we keep gathering, we keep gathering, we keep gathering. And I do appreciate the president who said that churches are now declared essential because in some states they said that abortion clinics and liquor stores were essential but churches couldn't meet or gather at all. And we're going to meet and gather, and we're going to be very loving. I mean, we're going to do everything that we can do to be as safe as possible. You know, we're going to spread you out and have your family sit together and have six feet distance apart from you and meet you in the parking lot, bring you in. We're going to do all kinds of things. We're going to wear masks. Why? Because it's not political. It's just saying we're doing this out of love, not for ourselves, but for others. And so we're going to have everybody give you a mask if you don't have one and say, just put it on for this short service and and we're going to do everything we can because we're going to put others ahead of ourselves. And that's what it's all about in the Christian life is love. Love, that's what it's all about. But the church, loving each other, loving each other, caring about each other, we're going to love each other. And so I can't wait to see what's going to happen as we start regathering, but don't miss online or come to the campuses, either one, doesn't matter as long as you connect and you really worship and you seek the Lord. One of my favorite poems is this anonymous poem that um, I saw in a book years ago. It's called The Road of Life. And it's just really grabbed me. At first, I saw God as my observer, my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. He was out there, sort of like a president or a prime minister. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I really didn't know him. But later on, when I met Christ, it seemed as though life was rather like a bike ride, but it was a tandem bike. And I noticed that Christ was in the back helping me pedal. Now, I don't know just when it was that he suggested we change places, but life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to hang on. Even though it looked like madness, he said, pedal. I was worried and I was anxious. And I asked, where are you taking me? He laughed and didn't answer. And I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say, I'm scared, He'd lean back and touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, and joy. They gave me gifts to take on my journey, my Lord's and mine, and we were off again. He said, give the gifts away. They're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did to the people we met, and I found that in giving, I received, and still our burden was light. 
I did not trust him at first in control of my life. I thought he'd wreck it, but he knows bike secrets. He knows how to make it bend to take sharp corners. He knows how to jump to clear high rocks. He knows how to fly to short and scary passages. And I'm learning to shut up and paddle. Paddling in the strangest places, and I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze on my face with my loving, constant companion, Jesus Christ. And when I'm sure I just can't do anymore, he just smiles and says, paddle. You see, that's all we gotta do. Just stay connected to him. Some of you have been trying to drive your life through this crisis, and you're finding it impossible. I mean, you're doing the best you can, but God wants his best for you. It's time to say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for trying to take over. I'm gonna go back to where I need to be, and I'm gonna stay connected to you, and I want you to take me where you wanna take me. Even though right now it seems like we're at a dead end, Lord, you know how to move me back so that you can take me forward to jump over that barrier I'd never be able to get over without this crisis. You see, God wants to take you to a new level, but it all starts not with a change of direction, but with a change of drivers. And that driver will change your direction. He'll change the whole course of your life. And you'll find freedom, true freedom. And so what I want us to do right now, if you've never allowed Christ to be the driver of your life, maybe you didn't think of life like a tandem bike. You thought it was a solo act, and, and you've just been living your life as if God's not there. God wants to be part of your life. Christ wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to be the center of your life. Would you just pray this prayer right now, wherever you're at? Just say, Jesus Christ, I need you to be the driver of my life. Forgive me of all my sins and trying to control everything and trying to be God. I'm not, and I can't do it. I give up. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and take over my life. I want you to direct me and guide me. I want you to take me to heaven one day. I accept your free gift of forgiveness and salvation. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life. Would you just say, I received Jesus by clicking, I'm raising my hand. That's what you do on our church online. Just click, I'm raising my hand. And that's your decision. I'm receiving Christ. I want Jesus in my life. I want him to be the driver of my life. And I know some of you who are Christ followers, it's time for you to surrender. And just say, Jesus, I give up. I've been trying to control this thing. I've been trying to figure out exactly what to do in and of my own strength. I can't, so would you do it for me? Would you give me wisdom? Would you be my strength as I sit in the back seat and just hold on and let you guide me? I'll stay connected to you. Show me what to do and guide me in every way. I surrender to your power, your provision, knowing you're gonna see me through. It's time to let him drive. That's what he wants to do, Woodland Church. He's gonna take you to places you never dreamed. He's gonna... Jump over barriers you never thought you'd get over when you let him drive. Well, now we're at the part of our service where we give back to God some of what he's given us. And if you're, uh, if you're a Woodland Church regular attendee, you know, we just really challenge you to give. We encourage you to give. Uh, you know, everyone can give something. We can't all give the same amount, but we can all give something. And I encourage you and challenge you to put God first in these confusing times. Take that step of obedience because God says, I'll meet your needs. I'll see you through. We can't all give the same amount, but we can all give, and we can give online, and you give through wc.org slash give, wc.org slash give. It's real simple. If you've never given online before, you ought to learn to do it right now, 
wc.org slash give. Don't make any excuses, just give because the church needs it, but most importantly, you need to step in faith, to believe God in a really important area of your life. And so maybe God has blessed you with some extra, and maybe you're one of the few right now who's got, where you've been really blessed, and so it's time for you to give sacrificially. This is your time, don't wait. Put God first. I mean, we're doing more ministry than ever with God's grace and power. We're stepping out in faith to meet the needs of people in the name and the love of Jesus Christ. And we're gonna keep standing up for Jesus Christ. And the church is the hope of the world. The local church, the body of Christ is the hope of this world right now as we are Jesus to people. That's what it's all about. Let's give to him. Also, you could give through your smartphone. If you want to, you could just text the words give WC, but it has to be one word, give WC. And then you, you text the number 77977. Text the word give WC to 77977. Give WC one word to 77977. And you can set it right up there on your phone. Or you can mail your check into One Fellowship Drive, the Woodlands, Texas, 77384. One Fellowship Drive, the Woodlands, Texas, 77384. And so let's give and thank him for what he's given us. And as you give, we're gonna be singing to the Lord, a Woodlands worship song, Restore the Years, because God wants to restore the things that the locusts have eaten. God wants to restore all the broken dreams. God wants to restore the broken hearts. God wants to restore broken lives. He wants to restore you. So let's sing to the Lord. Lord, bless our giving. We pray you use it for your glory. We pray for everyone who's giving and you would bless them and strengthen them in their faith, in their character, in their families, in their lives, in their relationships, in their homes, in their businesses, in their finances. Bless them and strengthen them in Jesus' name, amen. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.